Welcome back to MedMike, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the latest medical topics which affect you right in your own community. Your host, Mike Rodriguez, is a board-certified family physician in Ashburn, Virginia, who interviews experts in various fields of medicine to bring you up-to-date quickly on medical topics that you can use right away. Welcome to another episode of MedMike. Well, it seems like a flashback to the 1950s. Mumps outbreak hits James Madison University this week in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. And we're hearing some concern from family members and uh, friends of the students down at Harrisonburg uh, that maybe they may be at risk just what can and what should be done. So today we're just going to go over a little bit about the mumps and kind of get a refresher on this infirmity that just has not been around for a good 40, 50 years uh, in uh, any big numbers. Now, truth be told, we're talking about some pretty small numbers here in this most recent outbreak uh, with just 20 cases in Harrisonburg at James Madison University and uh, fewer than just a, a couple hundred nationwide. We have to go back to 2006 when there were about 6,000 cases and it took about another 10 years before we had another sizable outbreak in 2016. There was uh, some more uh, cases last year. Uh, but this year, actually, comparatively, uh, is, is actually quite few numbers, uh, all things told. So why is it that nobody gets the mumps anymore? Well, thanks to vaccines, we uh, have virtually eliminated this from uh, the mainstream. One vaccine uh, will give about 71% uh, pr- uh, protection against uh, contracting the mumps. Two vaccines, which is standard now, is offering about 88%. Uh, effectiveness. And so these numbers are pretty good. And uh, that's the reason why we haven't seen this very much. So how's the mumps spread? Usually by droplets of saliva or mucus from the mouth or the nose. If someone should sneeze and aerosolize these tiny droplets, these can be inhaled or uh, picked up on someone else's skin. Certainly sharing drinks or uh, utensils is really a no-no because this is one of the ways in which this is spread so quickly and so easily. So now you can see why this really tends to uh, spread in the university setting. You have a lot of folks that are in close quarters, um, perhaps in communal kind of situations. And uh, next thing you know, you've got a a pretty tough situation. And this brings up another point. The mumps are usually found in uh, older adolescents, found in young adults, which is a little bit different than a lot of the other infirmities that we see, which are usually spread among the folks who are the weakest. That would be young children and the elderly. So this is a little bit different, definitely uh, an infirmity of the, the communal folks that are together in large groups. Here's the other thing about mumps that makes it difficult is you get exposed and it might take two to three weeks, up to 25, 28 days before you show any symptoms. Most people show symptoms within about two to two to three weeks, but uh, it may take even longer. So you may feel like you're doing just fine, but meanwhile, this stuff's brewing inside you. Uh, and then as far as transmitting this to someone else, you may not have any symptoms uh, at all, but still be able to transmit this virus to others. We typically say the uh, most virulent time is between two days before the symptoms start until five days after the symptoms start. And then, of course, the symptoms will include uh, fever, headache, muscle aches, uh, fatigue, 
uh, really very much like you might have any other uh, cold or flu-like symptoms. But here's the kicker. You can also get swelling of the parotid glands, and these are glands on the cheeks, and this gives you this sort of a chipmunk look. One or both of the parotid glands can be involved, so one or both sides. And then for males, you can have uh, inflammation of the testes, uh, and this is something that is legend among uh, adolescent boys, that if you get this thing called the mumps, then it can make you sterile. Well, not usually, only about 10%, 3 to 10% to be exact, but up to about 10% of adolescent males can actually have swelling of the testicles. And again, usually one-sided. Almost never does it cause sterility. Uh, but again, that is part of legend and lore for adolescent males. Uh, again, almost never is that the case, particularly because it usually affects one side and not the other. Pregnant women really should report this to their obstetrician. Uh, the, effect of, the effect on a pregnancy is not really known for sure. There certainly have been a lot of anecdotal reports of uh, bad effects on pregnancy, but really we don't know um, all the details. Certainly anyone who believes they may have been exposed to the mumps should also uh, discuss this with their obstetrician to be sure. So the treatment for someone who has verified mumps, and it can be verified by the laboratory, although by the time the results come back, it's probably too late to really do anything different you'd do otherwise, but really supportive treatment. So um, you might even put some ice uh, to the neck area or to the cheeks to kind of help them feel uh, more at ease. Uh, things like Tylenol and, and uh, ibuprofen can be very, very helpful, saltwater gargles and things like that. Certainly any kind of uh, concerns about this, you do want to discuss this with your own uh, provider, it's a physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant, uh, other healthcare professional that can help you with this. So then the question comes about, do you get a third vaccine? So kids get a first vaccine around 15 months of age. Certainly nobody remembers getting this. Uh, they might remember getting the second vaccine, which occurs usually around age four, four to six. Um, and then most of us are never vaccinated again. And the question is, what about these students at JMU? Should they be vaccinated? And the answer is very likely yes. The CDC does make a recommendation that if patients are at high risk or increased risk for getting uh, mumps again, then they should indeed consider getting and should get that third vaccine. So I know that James Madison University is setting up these uh, vaccine centers to get their students and staff and, and others in the community vaccinated so that they can be adequately protected. And then, of course, the question we hear all the time is, if I had the mumps or, uh, you know, uh, you know, if I had the mumps, can I get this again? The answer is no. Once you've had it, you've had it. But of course, the vaccine, very, very effective, but not 100%. And how about folks that are born before 1957? Well, these folks are believed to have been exposed so many times that it's almost without doubt that these people have good immunity. So uh, if you're born before 1957, you get a pass on this one. Okay, so to summarize, mumps, not real common. Outbreaks, maybe every 10 years or so. We might be having the beginnings of one now, but uh, not a huge year. If you are in a high-risk area, certainly you want to talk to your provider about this, your medical uh, provider about this, but it appears as though folks at high risk should be getting an extra or third vaccine. 
Uh, if you do have mumps, stay away from other folks for at least five days after the symptoms begin. After that time frame, it seems like your chance of infecting others is going to go down dramatically. And that's about it for this edition of MedMike. Certainly going to have some more links available uh, on the uh, landing page. And look forward to uh, hearing your comments and suggestions as always. Have a wonderful day.